There is a perfect example of motherhood out there. We've all felt its presence. It lingers in our social media feed, in the products we buy, the answers to the questions we research. Even though we know it's not real, we feel it spotlight what we could be doing better. Join two best friends as they step off the stage of motherhood and go behind the scenes with moms from different walks of life. The Mom Cult Podcast. Real moms, real talk, real tired. Uh, Welcome back as we discuss episode two with Shannon Miller with my sister and part of the podcast team, Jenny Black. Welcome, Jenny. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so glad you're back. I missed you. So happy to be back. Okay, so had lots of fun listening to episode two today. You guys did an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Shannon was a... What an incredible person. I know. What just way beyond delightful. Just she's a role model. Mm -hmm. She's a she's like a woman that history is going to respect. (laughs) I feel like that. Yeah. What a rock star. So the first thing that stuck out to me was just how incredibly disgusting being a mom is. (laughs) That it is so gross that and this I think this is gonna happen every episode that you have. There's gonna be some moment where they're like, Am I allowed to say uh-huh. this? Yeah. It gets so what are the disgusting. rules here? Yeah. And I was just thinking that there's not a rating system for disgusting mom stories. No. Like, you know, you have G, PG, PG thirteen, mm-hmm. R and like whatever is TV now. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, not very TV broad. 14. There's a whole Yeah. There's, there's some wise. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And yet we still sit here like all the stuff that we watch on TV we're still like I don't think uh, anyone needs to ever hear this story yeah. even yeah. though we so all gory. are living through it. Yeah. It is gory. It is disgusting. The diapers is, that I've changed no, in the last 2 yeah. weeks are just Yeah. Yeah. Like the the times uh, I have gotten M. pee and throw up in my own mouth. <laughs> Like, these are things that if people were making movies, they'd be like, you cannot you put that in that. there. And this is our life. And I just think that we need to acknowledge that. Like, it's so gross, we don't even tell other people about it. Because we don't want them to gag when they're around no. us. And we want them to see our children as beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and us. I don't want you to see that when you look at this mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me why I've broken out. Oh, <laughs> and I remember the happy things. Like, <laughs> like with birth, like, I remember... The sweeter things most of the time versus the, you know, vomit in the mouth right. or like when you're holding them and they're throwing up and, and it feels like this act of love. I assume everyone's been there. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. Um, or they're like throwing up on you or. Right. 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 Yeah. right. And you're just like. The christening. Oh. The christening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's you like don't sweet, do this to I mean, anyone sad, else. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is just for me. Yeah. Yeah. I do love that the episode started. It opened with pinworms, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting her to. Oh, I was like, "How? Where are you at this week?" I was not expecting that. It was, it was really wonderful. Rough. It was really rough. And I was like, "This is it. This is real. This is real. We're not alone." Okay, the next part that really stood out to me was that my kid's story versus my story, mm-hmm. and that is just—I feel like that just keeps playing out the older that my kids get, because from the moment you find out you're pregnant. Your story and your kid's story is the same so story. Yeah. It's the same story. It's the same body. It's the same. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's your your day is impacted by their day. This yeah. is my story. And having room for your child to have their own story and, and even have those moments when I don't understand, I don't know everything about them, I am not. I loved her metaphor of, like, I'm not the author of my kid's story. Right. Mm-hmm. 
which is such a crazy, how can that be? Mm-hmm. Because moms carry the, still in society, it's like, if your mom messed you up, you're messed up. Like right. moms are kind of historically written as the author of their mm-hmm. kid's story. And that, so we live in that pressure and that tension of I am 100% responsible for your story. And the truth is there's no way I can be 100% responsible for your story. And when, when on the spectrum of growing up, do I separate, do I, start do to I separate become, myself? Do I become less? And then even just this weaving in and out of, oh my gosh, I'm back in your story. And right. I'm fully responsible right now to then back out to, yeah. oh, that's right. It's your story. And I feel like this is a really important um, statistic that isn't even a real statistic, but it helps me a lot. Um, the guys who wrote the book Boundaries, which everyone should revisit like once a month. Who is that? Who is that by? Cloud and Townsend. But our brother, Jerry, he was like, man, that book changed my life. He was like, I didn't read it. I just read the title. But I was like, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have to read the book. Just get it, people. Boundaries. Got to have them. Needed. Noted. (laughs) Do it. Do it now. (laughs) But they were asked at a conference, what percentage of an adult's issues do you think parents could fully take responsibility for so this really is just them but they both came up with the same number and i really agree with it and they said probably 30 percent like 70 percent of who you are what you do what your life looks like is not about your dna or the way that you were raised it's the choices that you make your personality Mm -hmm. and how you engage and i feel like the younger you are as a you know your kids are as a parent Getting that perspective in mind, I am not 100% responsible for how this human turns out. I'm 30% responsible for yeah. how this human turns out. I'm comfortable with that number. Right. I, I like it. Right, I exactly. can live with that. Exactly. <laughs> okay, any thoughts on that? I mean, I feel like I'm living that exactly right now. This is the first age. And I feel like that's been part of the struggle with... So Ava just turned nine. And I have had a really hard time finding my footing with her at this age and what our relationship looks like at this age, because I think a shift is happening earlier than I expected it to. Like, you know, the teens are looming and that you're kind of prepped for how hard that's going to be and the hormones and all the things. But really, it's already happening. And she is starting to have her. She's in fourth grade. So her school life is becoming a greater world outside of the house. Mm. And those two worlds, home life and school life, are starting to even out a little bit. And yeah, it's I I feel frustrated with her all the time because she's asserting this kind of I'm I'm grown up and I'm more of an equal to you and now I'm gonna argue with you and question you. And so I'm like, okay, we're doing that now. Okay, then let's give you responsibility, the more responsibilities. Like, let's, we can start that train if you want. But then at the same time, she's still like in the back seat. She's being like, ma, 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 ma. Like, just doing the most (laughs) annoying stuff that like a four year old would do. And so I feel like I'm caught where she's doing both at the same time. And I'm just like, this is, this is driving Mm -hmm. me crazy. Yeah. But when I feel like I'm not able to connect with her, every once in a while, we end up laying in bed. I'll snuggle with her 
and just start I'll, I'll get her talking and then eventually it just like unfurls into all these feelings about all these different things and one of the things that she said was I feel like when I get in an argument with dad that he thinks that he knows everything about me but he doesn't he doesn't know everything about me and just like her even having that capacity to separate those two things and be like I'm my own person and that she's just starting to do that is just so I feel so unprepared I know I know (laughs) I don't know what to do with this it's so bizarre crazy I just can't even talk about any of this without crying yeah (laughs) It's That's so tender. It's mom's so mom tender. Cult. Real mom's crying. <laughs> um, so the next part, <laughs> I'm, I, can, I can do this. I can do this. Was when Shannon was saying, I have to ask myself, is this for my kid or is this for me? And I feel very hypervigilant about this concept because there is so much pressure from society or even comparisons or even just that, like I was saying, that historical pressure of moms are supposed to be this way or do this way. I just don't think there's any better advice that a mom could have than to say, check with your kid and see what they need. Let your kid tell you what they need. And they so rarely need the same thing that you like think you will need to give them Mm -hmm. or that other moms are giving to their kids and it's also not just about what your kid says that they want but like looking at your kid's face and being like that's what you need like your kids are your only teachers they're Mm -hmm. the only ones who can ever tell you how to parent them and it's like not a book not your friends like look in your kid's face and listen and see like oh you're telling me they're telling us all the time what they need and it's it very rarely meets our gosh I feel like a really good mom today because I did this it doesn't meet your ego's needs at all right. <laughs> your kids needs <laughs> I feel like there's there's just a piece worth throwing in here because I kind of always have to do something about social media anytime I get a microphone mm-hmm. <laughs> but just there's it's there's this really fragile time when it's really important to stop posting about your kids And that's kind of a confusing thing when it's like, no, this was my funny day. This was my funny moment. Mm -hmm. This was my funny thing. And just to really pay attention to letting your kid have their own story and realizing, wow, that did make me laugh. That was really wonderful. But I feel like probably a lot of your audience is going to be entering that time Mm -hmm. where that can be really, really hard on your kids when they feel like, oh, that thing, funny thing I said, now everybody knows it. And right. they're just really su- get starting to get self-conscious, but mm-hmm. also starting to be their own person and not wanting you to be the one that tells the story about right. them. And that, I was kind of a pioneer in that arena. So there was nobody, maybe that's a thing. Maybe I'll talk about that now. But I didn't even know not to do that right. until I had already done it. So I wanted to throw that out there. For other people, not for me or anything, I know. But <laughs> for other people, what is that window? I mean, I think different for everybody. I would say it's earlier than you think. It's earlier than you think. So when you get together with your friends or your child is seeing your friends, you want your kids to have some stories that they don't already know about. Hmm. Does that make sense? So think about the, the idea of when we were all in high school and you'd be like, 
everyone isn't watching me all the time, right? That's the feeling that you have Mm -hmm. during adolescence. Everyone's watching me all the time. So we felt that way when everybody wasn't watching us all the time. So if your child grows up thinking everyone's watching them all the time, it might seem really sweet and fun when it's their birthday party or their soccer goal or whatever, but it will cross over into, I need to know everyone's not watching me. I need to know that there are things I get to share with people that they're hearing for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so you want to kind of break that, oh, what, what have you been up to? this week, Ava, and Ava get to tell and that person right. not already know, Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, any more thoughts on that? I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on boundaries, but I think it's bigger than this podcast. <laughs> it's a, that is a whole... I'll just start a whole separate one. A whole spinoff for Codependency sure. <laughs> and um, I will say that every night I say Parker's prayers with him, I say, help us to always be present and there for each other, but also to have healthy and strong boundaries and to respect each other's boundaries. And he's two, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'll Sarah. say about that. Sarah. That's what Sarah. <laughs> I wonder how Sarah grew up. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> this is like, don't worry, Mom, you're only 30% responsible. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be thrilled. <laughs> um, I hope I didn't tell this story already. We'll cut it if I did. But no, I have a friend who, who tucking their child to bed every night. Said, oh, oh yeah, I've heard that. Uh, no, I you I okay. know this story. It's fantastic. Said there's no one in, there's no one else in the world like you. Every night, mm-hmm. like tucking them into bed, giving <laughs> them kisses, like I'm gonna be that mom that gives my kids the message that makes them soar. If there's life. one thing I'm doing one for my thing. kid, this is what I'm every, doing. Every every night, I f- every day I feel like a failure, but because I tuck them in and I say there's no one else in the world like you. Every night before they go to sleep, I'm like they're gonna be okay. I'm doing a good job. So years of putting her child to bed this way and one night her child stood up and (laughs) got back up out of bed and said hey mom why does no one else in the world like me (laughs) (laughs) so she had for all those years misheard her mom saying no one else in the no world one likes, likes you. you. Okay. Just me. Just me. Just me. I'm enough. <laughs> okay. Um, so I have a pretty regimented regimented prayer that we say. It's pretty long, so I think I should just type that and email it to you guys and then get any feedback, make sure, make sure there's no holes in that. Because mm-hmm. we're on two years now saying <laughs> every night. Sarah, that's amazing. I mean, well... We'll see if it lasts. Jury's out. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But that, I mean, it's one of my favorite stories because I feel like anything I've ever done that intentionally as a parent has been that big of a failure. Like, wow, was I so wrong. (laughs) All right, what else you got? Okay, make your own milestones. What a Mm -hmm. great, great, I mean... We joked about oh, yeah. having a catchy that could that. be the title, title. instead that of is such. <laughs> you know, what we okay, could do? wait. Should it be? <laughs> we should Y'all take a poll. Yeah. <laughs> Make your own milestones. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. pinworms, penises, and sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> From the marketing perspective, <laughs> making your own milestones is just. It could be a book. It is. It's so brilliant. Mm-hmm. It is so brilliant. And she was saying making her own milestones for her kids and basically kind of getting off of the did they walk at this age, did mm-hmm. they read by this age, whatever, which is wonderful. But when I was listening to it and kind of the phase of parenting I'm in right now, 
was realizing as a mom, make your own milestones mm-hmm. and have that like, wow, I didn't get angry when they did this today. Like, congratulations, Good job, me. me. <laughs> wow. I didn't hurt them today. <laughs> Thank you, <So>. wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so amazing. I just really loved that. So I'm curious, like making your own milestones for yourself as a mom, what what would be one that you would be like, good for me. I did it. Right. I, I have moved into the next phase of development as right, a mom. Right, right. That's a great question. You can think on that. You don't have to answer it right now. Yeah. We've just started doing, um, like, him eating in a, like, structured sort of monos- not it is, it's like Montessori way where he puts those dishes away and everything looks the same every time. And, and that is really working for him. Like, processes really work for him. And, mm-hmm. and so that time period, I kind of mark that that way. But there's a million things that haven't worked. So I don't really know if that's a milestone, but that's yeah. what came to my mind. Well, when they're that age, too, it's so hard because it keeps changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, you will feel like you're in this routine, and it could be months that you're in this routine, and then all of a sudden they're not interested. And yeah. then as the mom, I feel like you immediately are like, what did I do wrong? Or <laughs> I don't know. There's just doesn't feel like there's this immediate grace for change, which (laughs) that's what this entire, that's what it all, I mean, it's just constant change. I don't know why that's such a hard thing to just like go with the flow. Well, and maybe that's a milestone. Yeah. Right? Like that's one of the things that you like learn the ability phase after phase after phase of having to change gears and relearn and start over and also grieve. Like I just figured this out. And now you've changed, and now you need a new mom, and now I've got to adapt, and mm-hmm. I'm not good at this again. Like, I just right. I just mastered it, and now I'm not good at it again. And I really feel like <laughs> there's hope when they're 20 and 22. <laughs> <laughs> I think I finally have had enough practice of that. Gosh, Being that malleable. Yeah, and and the humility. The It's just so humiliating, like... Oh my gosh, I am. It's that beginner's mind that they talk about in Buddhism of like, oh, I've done this enough times that I've now become more comfortable with not knowing anything, with mm-hmm. working so hard to know something, and then things turning and being like, I know nothing. And I don't feel like the ground is falling out from underneath me because I've been here so many times right. before. And I've watched that. I had this picture when I was bringing my daughter to kind of move out of the house for the first time after high school and I was like oh I don't want her to leave I don't want her to leave and I had this picture of like you have to let go of what was to have room next yeah to have space for what's next and that day I was so sad we were moving her into my son's apartment in Murfreesboro and I was like I just want this to be over with this is just so sad for me and they ended up at the last minute saying, is there any way you guys can stay for an Oscar party? So B- Brandon was having an Oscar party. And he was like, let me ask my friends. And all of his friends had, had never met us. And they were like, please, please, please make your parents stay. And I mean, it was the most fun night. I was at this college Oscar party. And I just sat there like, oh, you don't get, get to be at your kid's new house Oscar party Mm -hmm. unless you your kid leaves home and it's just I feel like it's these constant lessons of I've let go I'm grieving but you're still like in the middle of Mm -hmm. crying yeah and then like the next thing's there it's like a sweet moment and you're just like good lord yeah (laughs) and learning to trust that that the rhythms of that yeah 
Were you always good at staying in the moment like that? Or did you notice like that for an example? Did you notice that in that moment? Yes, I did. But that (laughs) came with a lot of practice. So I would say that was my milestone. My biggest milestone, probably in all of parenting, was not resenting my kids. Like, what did I need to do? What kind of work did I need to do? What kind of therapy did I need to go to? What kind of exercise did I need to do Mm -hmm. to not resent them? Like, that was, I mean, for so many years, I resented the work they were. I resented the time they took up. I resented what I was missing out on because I was with them. And I will not take the time to go through my timetable and figure out how old that was. But I know what it's like not to live with that anymore. And I will like never go back to living that way. So that was a huge milestone for me. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. What else you got? Oh my gosh, the painter, the train. (laughs) It was all so good. I laughed so hard hearing that guy paint. And like the part that just made me cry so hard. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this, like Shannon's a little advanced. I didn't experience it except for whatever ages my kids were. So if my kids were four years old, all of a sudden, every four-year-old on the whole planet could have been my kid. Like, I saw them. I was proud of them. I I was worried about them, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so now my kids are 22 and 20. Right. And it's, I mean, it's so pain. Like, I cannot just make fun of people anymore. I cannot be annoyed with people anymore. It's like. That's someone's child. It's mine. It's not someone's. It's mine. And I just, I, that is such, that is one of, I think, one of the most precious things about becoming a mom is that you become a mom, a collective mom. You're not just the mom of your kids. You're like, no, these these are my kids. Yeah. <laughs> All the oh, anytime a baby like cries at a restaurant or something, I'm just like, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Um, I'm not bothered by it. No one's bothered by it. You're good. I feel like that about, I mean, I do about all babies, but I do feel more tied to boy babies mm-hmm. because I have boys. I mean, a one boy. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, well, well. Someone's got plans. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was throwing Eric in Oh, there. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Um, but did you feel like that between the two? Did like one? Did you feel like that when you only had Brandon? Was yeah. it more? Yeah, it is. And specifically, in fact, a lot of my heart around social media and the trauma having to do with that is very connected to my daughter and the collective experience of what girls have been through mm-hmm. through social media. So yeah, it does seem to be kind of somewhat gender focused on you know yeah. right, what who my kids are. Were you saying that in reference to Shannon being like, but you're doing such a great job yes, to, the yes, painter. Yes, to the painter? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, and one of her best quotes is, you know, using her body to fight shit that really matters. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. That is so good. And just realizing, realizing the power that your body has and the power, what it means to be an empowered human and woman and that, wow, I've got work to do. I have work to do that is so beyond what this looks like and i just loved that using it to fight shit that really matters yes i'm very envious of her loving her body i'm not i'm not there yet i'm milestone i desire to be there someday i'm not there yet i get it's minus shifts from day to day i was asking eric last night if he ever felt like that i was because i sometimes feel like ultra confident and then sometimes we'll be like wow how am i this different like day to day and yeah 
That's crazy. I don't know what that is. That's a bigger it's also a bigger question. Also a separate podcast. <laughs> like, just what is my body today? <laughs> yeah, looks completely, but it really it does, does. It like will like physically that. look. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. And I'm, I mean, I'm just posing the question. Does yeah. everybody? Yes. He He's did not answer. He felt right now. always the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say I feel, I could feel super confident about my body going to bed and then wake up and be like, what mm-hmm. was I on when I thought that last <laughs> yeah. night? Or the opposite. Right. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah, I don't know what that it's is. It's just an adventure. Yeah. Of, <laughs> I love being on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing she said that I loved was climbing mountains is fun. When you were talking mm-hmm. about you're climbing a mountain yep. every day. And there's that quote people put in their baby's nursery and stuff that says, um, let her rest for when she wakes, she will move mountains. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how, one... But I just wanted to use this to say, I really do think that if there's only one thing that you could ever do to take care of yourself, it would be to rest. Like any time you could get rest, mm-hmm. just that finding that place where you are kind of centered and calm and like, oh, I'm okay. Whatever comes out of there is going to be good. And if you don't have rest and you've got that kind of spinning cycle, frantic, I'm trying to do something to make my kid okay, to make me okay, to make me happy, to make them happy, whatever you're doing is probably not going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to highlight, if you've got a list of 10 things that you could do to take care of yourself today, choose rest. Like anything else will come out of that more productively than not having rest. But then also... I've been playing around with this, that little phrase for a while. So for when she wakes, the idea is that you will have a waking, like, oh, this is what it feels like to be well rested. Oh, I have energy. Mm -hmm. But this concept of moving mountains, like we know no one can move a mountain, right? And I was thinking about where did that phrase come from? And that really, when, you know, when you're somewhere where there are mountains and you're driving around, like when you are down a different road or your turn, you're like, how did the mountains get over there? Like that your perspective is what moves mountains. Mm-hmm. And that is what it really like when you are well rested, you can look at the mountain your and be like, this can is change fun. <laughs> on your problem. <laughs> right. This is fun. Sarah's brain just exploded. I'm just saying, wow. I'm just like <laughs> wanting that, cl- that clip to be that's so good. Wow. It really, that's poignant. Yeah resonates and then I, I i already said this but this was my last line just let your kid be your teacher not mm-hmm. society yeah and being a mom is is the most ego crushing experience i think a human can have and it's one of the reasons that eckhart tolle says that women have an easier time with self-actualization mm-hmm. <laughs> because you have to forced into it yeah it it is a forced experience Mm -hmm. and it's it is the ultimate teacher and i think that's all i have for shannon's amazing episode too nothing else that's it (laughs) 